Hey there, freelancers, and welcome back to the Burnout Freelancer Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Block, and I have the beautiful Latara done with me today. And today we're diving into a topic that's common, dealing with rejection in the world of freelancing. We've all been there. The lost bids, the client saying no, the project slipping through our fingers. Rejection stings. And it's not all rainbows and butterflies, guys. We all know that. But it's also an inevitable part of the freelancing journey. In this episode, we're exploring how to navigate the emotional roller coaster of rejection, share strategies for resilience, and discuss how to turn setbacks into stepping stones towards future success. So grab your favorite beverage, find a cozy spot, and let's tackle the art of handling lost bids and clients saying no. All right, Latara. So today we're talking about dealing with rejections. And um, I know we've both experienced it and it's tough, right? Oh my gosh. It's so tough. I have dealt with so much rejection in my <laughs> business over the years. And I used to let it really bother. Like it, I used, it used to really get to me, right? Because I would mm-hmm. question everything I was doing Did I really even know what I'm talking about? Am I actually good at what I do? Have people just been blowing smoke up my ass? (laughs) Right. It's it's a really crappy feeling because nobody likes to feel rejection, right? Like at a human level, nobody feels good with rejection and it can create this mental barrier if you let it eat you up on the inside, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I used to really let it eat me up and just think about it nonstop and, oh, it was horrible. And then as time went on, I started realizing that it's really not that big of a deal. And I, I don't mind it because I have found that when I force things, like force a client to, not force a client to work with me, but when I work really hard at getting this client to book that might not have totally wanted to, but I was just persistent, we end up not really having that great of a relationship, right? Yeah, exactly. Because we weren't aligned. And I really work hard at making sure me and my potential clients align well before we sign a contract. And we're really open with our philosophies and, you know, how we live our lives. And we want to make sure we're on the same level field there. And so now if I'm not forcing these things and there is rejection, it's okay because they really shouldn't have worked with me anyways. You know, it sucks when you have a potential lead that maybe the income would have been really great, right? And you're like, wow, I really could have used that extra chunk of income every single month. <laughs> and so when you get super excited about that and then they <laughs> say no, that does suck. But it's not a reflection of you. It's just they're not they don't want to work with you or they're just not ready to work with you. Yeah, and I love what you mentioned like the forcing clients to work with you. And I know what you mean by that. You're not making them holding their hand, signing a contract or anything, but you're pushing it a little more. And then once the client does sign, you realize you just, you don't vibe. And I feel like I've done that, especially in my early years. I had a few clients that 
I kind of pushed, you know, I was that pushy person and I thought I was just being diligent, I guess. And, you know, emailing them a bunch and messaging them and I promise this and I finally get them. It's not a good match at all. And then they end up firing me or end up firing them. And rejection in the freelance world, I like to relate it to a regular job. When I was younger, I applied to, you know, you apply everywhere. You apply to this job and you apply here. And I remember before I got my manager job at the spa, I was putting applications in everywhere. I got rejected all the time. Like I might've put 10 applications in and heard back from one of them, you know, or the other one said no. And I just moved on from it. But when it's freelance, I think we take it more personally because it's a business that we've built from the ground up. Um, It's like our baby. And we do think it's a reflection of us, especially those who are really hard on themselves. You take it more personally and it's something you can't harp on it. That rejection could have opened up a spot for a huge big ticket client that aligns with all your values and is going to pay that high retainer and is ready to start. I always think things happen for a reason, right? And that rejection just means more doors open for you, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They really do. And as soon as I started accepting that and realizing that, a lot of things came my way. Just a couple weeks ago, there was a client that, a potential client, excuse me, a lead that reached out to me. She found me on Instagram and she wanted to work with me. She she liked a bunch of my posts. She was leaving comments. So I could tell that she was checking in and seeing what I was all about. A lot of my new clients find me on Instagram and she booked a call with me. She was emailing me prior to the call, asking me right off the bat, like, hey, does this package in your service guide offer these services? She seemed super proactive and I was getting really excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, this person's great. Like I love what she does. Obviously I checked out her website and her work aligned with my type of client and she was going to be doing a migration to Kajabi. So that was like perfect for me. I was super excited. It was going to be a big project. And then we had the call. We talked about everything. And she had me send her over a proposal. And then I never heard back from her again. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And I sent her a follow-up and I could see that she checked out the proposal and she opened it up. And she was like still liking my stuff on Instagram, still watching my stories. But she just never said, yeah, actually I changed my mind. (laughs) I don't want to do this. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, what the heck? Like, what's going on? She left you on red. Yeah, left me on red. (laughs) You know, but it's all good. She's a cool-ass woman. Her business looks amazing. Like, what? she's very active in it. She clearly has some awesome strategy because all the parts are moving. And I'm like, no, this has nothing to do with me. She just isn't ready to work with me yet. And it's okay. I Back in the day, I would have let that moment in time eat me alive and spiraled from there, right? Oh, and yeah. I just don't do that anymore. And because I let that just fly right on by, like whatever, it's all good. And then another client came to me and I signed her and it was great. 
And I feel like if I would have obsessed over that moment, I probably wouldn't have had that other client come to me. Exactly. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. I had something similar like that happen. I had a client who I had worked with in the past. Uh, We have a very good relationship. And she asked me to help her with some in-person stuff, which I've done one other time. And it was pretty cool. You never meet your clients. I mean, your clients are all over the place. So she kind of lives close to me. It's like an hour away. And I was trying to figure out a price because how the heck do you price in person, right? I'm I'm trying to calculate what I would make from all my clients and, you know, to make up for that time and yada, yada. And I had imposter syndrome and I didn't want to tell her the amount. And I did. I ended up telling her and she said she would think about it. And I, I haven't heard anything since. And I didn't take it personally because... I totally understand that she's a small business. I understand her business. I know it's probably something that she can't afford at the moment. And right after that, I actually signed my first high ticket client, which yes, in four years, I signed my first high ticket client. So that was amazing. But that just goes to show. (laughs) I'm so excited for you. you. Thank you. I'm so excited. Molly did this. She was really nervous (laughs) to send them the proposal. I told Latara I had imposter syndrome because mm-hmm. it's the first it's the first high ticket client and I felt so weird sending this amount to them. And it's funny because it's actually podcast support and so I was like, "Oh yeah." And it just goes to show like if I would have harped on this client this in-person opportunity, I probably wouldn't of got this podcast client because I would have just been harping on that and messaging her and thinking about it and crying about it and all the things. And so it's hard to not take things personally, but sometimes your message maybe just doesn't align with somebody. And that doesn't mean it's a reflection of you or your business. It doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It just means that you're not, that client's not right for you. But there's clients out there. I mean, the freelance world and people hiring freelancers is off the charts right now. People are hiring for everything. So many virtual opportunities are coming up for us freelancers. Just don't focus on the opportunity that you think you lost because then you get in the way of opening doors for other opportunities to come along. I really, really like that. So tell me more, Molly, like back in the beginning, you know, when you first started dealing with rejection and you said you take it just like applying to a regular job, right? But Mm -hmm. what were some situations that you faced that like, did you ever have a moment in time that it was really difficult for you to overcome the rejection of a client saying no or the rejection of a client ending services with you? Yes. So the analogy with like applying to real jobs, that's something I've actually thought about, uh, I would say the last year, because now I'm more seasoned, I'm going on year four. But in the beginning, I was so eager, just like most of you who are beginning, so eager to get that client. 
that I would do anything. And I applied to this one job. Um, it was an agency and I got on the call with the lady and she was super nice. And I felt, you know, even back in the day for interviews, I used to like dress nicely. Like I was going to a real job. Now, uh, I'll brush my hair and put on a nice shirt, but I, I ain't getting fancy. So I had like put on this nice outfit and done my makeup and done my hair and set up my, you know, little area for the interview. And I was so nervous. And afterwards, I must have checked my email, no bullshit, like every 10 minutes to see if she responded to me. It took That's over rough. my life. Like it, mm -hmm. I mean, I know that sounds dramatic. Also, when I first started, it was COVID. Mm -hmm. It was tough out here. And, <laughs> and I kept checking and I kept checking and I finally got an email. I think it was like three or four days later. She basically said I wasn't a good fit, but in a nice way and said the typical, we'll keep you in mind for later projects. And I just went in the back room and looked at Steve and just started crying. And I was like, they're not going to reach back out to me. They're lying. I don't have a client, yada, yada. And I'm just like so upset. And he's like, but you've shown me that Facebook group that you've got a lot of jobs from and they post all the time. And then I got upset and was like, you're downplaying my feelings. <laughs> but I was so consumed with it. And I just kept pushing. I kept pushing. And not long after that, I got a referral for a lovely, lovely client that I still work with. And it just, it took me a while to see that there's other fish in the sea. If you, you know, want to phrase it right. like that. Yeah, exactly. It took me a while because again, I had just decided to do this in the beginning of COVID. Like I just jumped in. I had the customer service aspect, but I didn't know how to do websites and graphics. And mm -hmm. once I knew how to do like little things, I was so excited. You know, I know how to use Canva and I wanted to show the world that I know how to use it. And, you know, I, I applied for that position and other graphic positions and I didn't, I didn't get them. And I took it, I took it really personally. I got mm -hmm. really upset. Like so much so that one day I just like stopped working halfway through the day because I realized I wasn't doing stuff for my other clients. I was just checking my email. So now that I have the mentality of the analogy with interviewing, you know, for a regular position and not hearing back or them telling you no, it's just, it's easier for me. I, I could really love a client and I think they could align, but if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And I just want to emphasize, it's not a reflection of your skills or your business. It's just an opportunity that didn't align at the moment. Yeah. I, I like that. That was a really good story. I just, I don't know. I definitely used to beat myself up on it. Quite yeah. Often. Yeah. Spiraling was ridiculous. And it just doesn't get you forward at all in your business, right? Like it doesn't help you move forward. And it's all, you know, it really is all the numbers game. You're going to get a lot of no's before you get a yes. And that was one of the first things I ever learned in sales back in the day when I had a sales job and it was just like straight up commission. That was the only way I earned money. And it was literally like you're going to get a thousand doors slammed in your face before someone opens it up and welcomes you in. 
And yeah, I love that. Yeah. And it sucked to go through it, but it taught me a lot. And I did have a lot of doors slammed in my face. And it just helped me realize one, learn a lot about people and, you know, what they mean based off from what they're saying, based off from what they're actually meaning. I was able to learn a lot that way. The part that I think I have the hardest time with is ending the job with somebody. Not saying the no with a lead. I'm like, whatever, I'll just, you know, find someone else. But it's once they've already acquired this relationship with somebody and then them have to say, okay, we're no longer going to be working together or I need to take a pause. Can we pause our retainer for the next couple of months? And usually when someone says that, you're like, ugh, so does that mean that we're we're not getting back together? (laughs) Right. You know what's coming. It's... When we need to take a break, that means we're done. (laughs) We're done. Right, right. And, you know, clearly they care about you, right? They don't want to hurt your feelings. But it's like dating. And so you just go through a lot of relationships. And along the way, you're able to become a better freelancer. Your skills improve and you meet a lot of really cool people. And doors do open from those people, even the ones that you have to stop working with. Yeah. I've been fortunate that I haven't had too much rejection from clients that I currently work with just because a lot of my clients are very small hours. So I just do general admin for them. Even if their business is having a lull and they let other people go, I usually am fortunate and able to stay. But I have gone through losing a client, I would say at least two to three times. The last one was this year. And it is... It's devastating. It is because as Latara mentioned, it is a relationship. Like you have built a relationship with this person. And yes, you've never met them in person, but like you have this connection, you know their business, they know you, depending on how close you get, maybe they know you on a little more of a personal level. Maybe you know them on a personal level. And to lose that client is is hard. It's a lot different than somebody saying no in the beginning of a job interview. You haven't worked with that person yet. So yes, it's hard for them to say no to your proposal or whatever it is. But when you already have that relationship, I personally take it very, very personally and get really upset, especially when there's no explanation, like when the communication's bad about it. Because then I really don't know why. And so I'm just blaming myself. Right. You like think, okay, the reason we're getting done is because their business is not successful. They don't have a lot of sales coming in. And it clearly is my fault, right? Like I could have done so many things differently. I could have helped them out in a bunch of different ways. I wasn't clearly giving them my fullest capacity, And then again, you just spiral and question everything that you're doing. So something that I've started doing that Nick encouraged is just asking them. So like I had a client that has to pause and we absolutely love working together. And she really does want to just pause for a couple months while they restructure the like marketing plan that they have going on in their offer, which is fine. It makes sense because I don't have anything like to do for them. I was just like, is there something that I could have done differently? Is it my fault? It's okay to ask a client, be like, hey, is there something that I could have done better on my end to serve you or support you? I guess I would say to support you in my services. I would love some feedback because I'm always trying to make sure that I'm constantly improving my skills 
in my business because I want to keep growing and I want to have a respected brand. I really love what you said, reminding yourself, not taking it personally and thinking like, oh my God, I did something wrong. And, you know, ask them. I love that you do that, Latara. Like asking them straight up, what could I have done better to support you? And that way you have that honest communication. I would rather somebody be completely honest with me when they're offboarding me or firing me or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, ending terms. I would rather them be honest than to make up some bullshit. I want somebody to be honest with me and genuine. And because if somebody doesn't give me feedback or I forget to ask and it's not offered, I am going to harp on it and think about it. And you can't focus on it. You can't like you did what you could and it's not working out right now. And maybe they will come back in a few months. Maybe they won't. But, you know, just look for that next client and just don't harp on it. Right. Exactly. So maybe you have dealt with rejection along the way. We would love to hear what strategy or, you know, coping mechanisms or steps or whatever processes, what is helping you in getting over not being blocked in like shifting your mindset. We would love to hear. So feel free to send us a DM on Instagram or IG handles are in the show notes or send us an email at I'm tired at the burnout freelancer.com. We really would love to hear your feedback. And if you have maybe a deeper question that's totally unrelated to this, and this episode kind of just alerted you to something that you've been wondering for a long time, feel free to ask us as well. We'd love to connect and support this community in whatever way that we can. So yeah, with that, thank you so much for joining us today. And we really can't wait to talk to you next week. Thanks everyone. Bye.